0: Uh, our Old Testament lesson for today is from Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be to Jerusalem. Do not it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. O Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that ye will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home, at the time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Uh, Please join me in reading responsibly the canticle. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. The joy will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord.
1: Thank you, Sam. Gospel lesson is from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Last week we read from the beginning of this chapter and got the introduction of John the Baptist, but did not hear him speak, and now we get to hear what he had to say. And so hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of Luke's Gospel. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. And soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And so with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Wherever life is diminished, wherever there is death, pain, struggle, wherever there is grief, turmoil, a voice whispers out of the silent darkness of the universe racing with urgent need to speak with quickening power a single, simple word. Rejoice 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 for you are not alone <coughs> rejoice for i am in your midst rejoice because you matter to me you matter to me and you matter to the universe and for the world is often ugly and cruel and mean and it is senseless Unfeeling, and at times it is even terrifying. But that is not how it is meant to be. It is a corruption of my way, says that voice. And so rejoice, my friends, my people, for I am here and I am doing a new thing, and the pain of today has no more power over the future then the darkness has power over a candle. Not always the easiest words to say. And this Sunday is the Sunday of joy. Third Sunday of Advent is Joy Sunday and has been for a long, long time in the Christian tradition. Although this past week has not been particularly joyful for many. And certainly not joyful at all for too many families in Oregon and in Connecticut. Where there is no joy. And for too many families in neighborhoods all over this country that go without any media attention. All those that don't make the news. This is the Sunday of joy. And we light our candles, but we don't light our candles because they model reality. The candles on our advent wreath. We do not light them because they model reality. Lighting these candles is not a sentimentalist act of pretending that everything is okay. We light these candles in defiance of reality. And we light them as well to remold reality. To remind us who we are. We light them in defiance of reality to say to evil that you are not ultimate, and we refuse to buy what you are selling. Your easy answers, your black and white thinking, your message of power over others and needing to win uh, to come out on top or ahead of others. We light these candles in defiance of what is to say this is what ought to be. And after those shooting at the school on Friday, this murder of children and teachers, I saw some make a call and and the Wisconsin Council of Churches sent out an email as well saying that this Sunday churches ought to leave the candle of joy unlit in remembrance of what had happened, and in remembrance of those who died, leave it dark as a response to the unrelenting death. And yet, as, as, as soul wrenching as the murders on Friday were, uh, and, and horrifying as those images were, uh, and the innocents who were killed, the 20 children and, and six teachers. An awful day, uh, by any definition of that word. Uh, And that's not even a good enough word for what happened. The truth is, as awful as that day was, in the United States, we average about 260 murders a week. A week. More than 10 times those that were killed at the school on Friday were also killed this past week. Where are the unlit candles for the 90%? And where And is the media's attention for those 90%? Is it not also as tragic? Have we so devalued life that we don't care about the pestilence of violence unless it happens all in one place? So many do not get their stories told. And we average about 37 murders a day here in the U.S. And out of those, about two-thirds, maybe 25, 26 are killed by firearms, the other third killed by other means every day. Which means that these shootings in Connecticut... That's an average day. That's an average day in America. Think about that. And I don't know the answer, but it's certainly time to start looking for one and to start talking and to figure something out. I don't know the answer. I know what the answer isn't, and there are some that have come out, Mike Huckabee and Fred Phelps, and some others that have said that, uh, that these children were killed as God's punishment for taking God out of the schools or not having enough God uh, in our social discourse or whatever. I know that's not the answer. That's an awful answer. That's a, an evil God that would send someone in to slaughter innocent children, to to do what? Teach the parents a lesson? That's not God. It's absolutely not God's way. The story of Advent is precisely to say, that is not my way. Stop it. Don't need to do it. I don't know what the uh, the answer is, because the answer is incredibly complex. The problem is incredibly complex. It involves our uh, fascination and celebration of violence and guns and weapons of war, also our egos, our inability to communicate with one another, uh, economics, financial anxiety, all tied into this, hopelessness, healthcare issues, especially around mental illness, what we do as a society to help our neighbors, uh, a for-profit media that often sensationalizes these things and has a 24/7 news feed that is supported by advertising it's a very complex and big issue and also part of that is our uh, seems to be our inability to have an honest discussion and a nuanced discussion a delicate and heartfelt discussion about extremely difficult topics We like simple answers and simple solutions. And this is not easy. I don't know the answer. But probably the answer is going to be very costly if we're willing to seek it, costly in terms of perhaps giving up some cherished ideas or cherished thoughts. I don't know the answer, but I do know that Jesus shows us very much a way to respond. Jesus gives us the tools that we need to respond, which is to not give in to despair, to not keep these candles unlit, but to light them, to light them precisely because of what happened. You know, these... Two mass killings this week—one in Oregon and, and then uh, this one in Connecticut—and I think those make it even more imperative that we light the candle of joy. Maybe that we should have lit ten of them, or twenty of them, or fifty of them. Light as many of them as we can find. Flood the world with light until it can be seen from outer space. Light that candle of joy this Sunday because the Christian message is joy in the face of darkness. The message is not that we need to retreat into the darkness or that we need to hide in the darkness, but that we can go forward. The message is that we do not have to wait until we know joy to light the candle. If that were the case, we would never light any of the Advent candles because there's always some level of not having joy or not having hope or not having peace or love in this world. If it were the case that we ought not light any of them until the world has established hope and peace and joy and love, then we would leave them dark every year. It's proof that we really don't believe what we say here. But we light them because we do believe When times come in which words of worship are more difficult to say. Such as this week. Or any other time there is great suffering. Or loss of joy. Whether it be in the community or in your own life. When times come in which the words of worship are more difficult to say. Then we need to say them more loudly. Need to say them with more passion with more force than usual, not remove them and sit in darkness in mute submission to evil. Jesus has given us not the answer, but certainly a way to respond. Do not give in to fear, but have hope. Do not give in to anxious fretting, but be at (coughs) peace. Do not give in to despair, but rejoice. Have joy, do not give in to apathy, but show love, because evil has no power except what we give it. Advent says that there is a way out of this mad cycle. The church stands where there is darkness and points to the light, and we are the light. Anne Lamott, a writer and Christian thinker, wrote yesterday, we are lighthouses of sacred love. Don't keep that light hidden. Let it shine. Light those candles. And we go on living, go grocery shopping, cook another meal, celebrate with your family, come together with friends, hold your children a little tighter, plant a flower, Help a neighbor. Give a bit more to St. Francis. Say, I love you more often. And wherever there is darkness, wherever there is darkness, remember that it is destroyed by the light of a single candle. Amen.